Welcome, everyone. This is episode 39 of our World of Lifting podcast. And our special guest today is Roman Anderson. He's a 17-year-old powerlifter from Austin, Texas. And one of the big achievements that he's had so far is a 1,500-pound total. How are you doing today, man? Pretty good. Uh, how about you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, let's start it off with uh, how did you start powerlifting? Uh, well, in middle school, um, I moved to I moved from Oklahoma um, to Texas, and uh, where I'm from, football is not big, wrestling's big, um, powerlifting's not big, nothing. So I moved over here, and uh, I instantly knew I was out of place. A lot of these kids were pretty fit. Um, I remember going to football for the very first time ever, athletics, and uh, seeing just so many muscular kids, and I was like. I have skinny arms, I have skinny legs, I weigh almost nothing and I still have a gut. Like it's just, I was completely unmotivated at first and uh, I got bullied pretty bad, honestly, in middle school. Oh, wow, really? Uh, I got bullied, yeah, by a lot of kids, uh, I'd say through maybe, mainly sixth and seventh grade. Eighth grade, it was still there, just not really, but sixth and seventh grade are really hard. And uh, first time I ever lifted, I couldn't bench like, I think I had like, 25s on the bar and I couldn't get it up and my dad saw uh and he also knew that I'd been bullied so immediately he wanted to buy uh weightlifting material like uh, equipment a bench press and uh I was probably 130 pounds maybe and uh he just told me he's like you could only get up like 95 pounds and I was like yeah and he's just like you can get up more than that. You just, you just don't realize you get, and I didn't believe it at all. And he just had me doing basic training. Um, and I got pretty motivated really quick. Actually, uh, my bench went straight from 95 pounds, to like 160, which was pretty good for weighing only 130. And, uh, and then I kind of stopped and I got grounded and my dad took away everything out of my room <laughs> including my phone, my PlayStation, everything. The only thing I had was a weight set, weight set and a speaker. So I started benching, started slowly adding weight. I really didn't know what to do. All I knew was that I was going to do incline, bench press, uh, curls, and some skull crushers. And that was about it. I did that for about, about a year, uh, right before eighth grade ended. I was 160 pounds. I was able to bench press 225. Um, there was a huge difference in the way I looked. I got treated with a lot more respect. And ever since then, I just got, I stayed motivated. Um, didn't really get into real powerlifting until about my sophomore year. Uh, somebody was like, you want to come to powerlifting practice? I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. They just, I thought it was, I thought it was Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. And I got in there, I saw these kids deadlifting, and I was like, I've never done that. I want to try that. So I tried that. I, I pulled, like, three plates, I think, my first time. Um, so your first time deadlifting ever? And Yeah, but I had I was in a, a football program where they made us, like, do, like, power cleans and just regular bench and stuff. I think by my very first powerlifting meet as a sophomore, I was squatting 405, benching 275, and then deadlifting – 405 at 181. Wow. And uh, I just kept competing, honestly. It's, it definitely sucks that kids are just that asshole behavior. And they're just like, hey, they have to like, what, like, was it just like verbal bullying? 
it, it was verbal, physical, but it was mainly verbal. It was just a friend group. Um, that was about it. But yeah. they were they were pretty big. So you know. Damn, sorry about that. That's that's just. I mean, you know, as a lot of a lot of people that that do get very successful in powerlifting have these kind of stories where you know, sometimes like something didn't go, go right in their life. And they use that as more motivation to, to get better, to get to a better place, especially in, in a strength yeah, sport like powerlifting. And while well, you're, you're already improving on it right now, you, you have a 1500 pound total at, at 17 years old, which is, which is big. Like if the people listening out there don't know powerlifting 1500 pound total, a lot of people, like I don't even have that. And I'm two years older than you, you know, right. It, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it it's it's more like a you know trans transitioning for that. So it it shows that you're that well, you're, yeah. I just I don't know. Ever since I I started after my first meet, that was like it. I was like, this is fun. I see kids are really strong, and I just I wanted to keep going with it. Um, I didn't get really competitive until about the end of probably yeah, I'd say about my junior year. Um. I don't know. Kids, they can be mean. You just gotta get like, I could have just quit. You know, that's the thing. I couldn't, I didn't, if I would have never lifted weights, I wouldn't be here. If I wouldn't have went through that, I wouldn't be a power lifter probably. So it, it probably happened for the better. It made me strong. It made me stronger as a person. Uh, made me stronger physically. Um, a lot of people could have just played the victim, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a trend in our society now. Like why, why did, it's like the reason why gyms fill up in January, you know, and they empty mm-hmm. out by March. You know, they, they say, you know, all oh, 2020s, my, well, uh, well, this, that's a bad example of <laughs> COVID, but like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, this, this is, this is the year that I'm going to get in shape. You know, I'm going to change my body. I'm going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to lose like 30, 40 pounds. Oh, yeah. And then they don't see results in one week. And then they're like, damn, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And then they just, they just, leave. yeah, it's more, you just gotta, you can't, you can't just think I have to start on a specific time. It's like, you gotta think, why not today? Why not start today? Or some people say, well, I, well I'm going to start this tomorrow. I'm like, start it today, man. Start it right now. You know, you don't gotta wait. Yeah. Saying, better. saying that I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start tomorrow. Most likely you're not going to do it tomorrow. You're just going to find another excuse to push it another day and then another mm-hmm. day and then weeks and months and then, Maybe a year goes by, and then, then you're like, damn, where did all that time go? Like, if you're not wanting to just start it then, then you probably don't want to start it. You probably don't want to start it as bad as you think you do. That's the way I see it. I mean, they, people have all kinds of excuses. The The most common one is, I don't have time, which I think is a bunch yeah. of shit. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. bullshit. It like, come on, you, it's just you're bad at time management. You got it. Like, if you really want to get in shape, you got you, you just got to make the time, plain and simple. This no is a perfect example. Um literally before I got here. So I had school till about one thirty. Um, got out of school, found out I forgot I had to get my physical. So I went and got my physical. Um, my mom had to get some food and then we get home and I'm like, crap, it's four thirty. I was trying to get in a, a bench workout before the podcast. And then I was like, you know, I could just skip it and do it tomorrow. Or instead of doing it tomorrow, I could wait till the podcast is done and then I could work out. And that's what I'm going to do. It'll probably be like nine when I, when I end and I have to get up around six, about six o'clock, but no reason I'm skipping out, you know? Yeah. I think uh, another great, oh, well, everyone knows, you know, Ray Williams, right? 
Oh God, yeah, he's an yeah. animal. Yeah, and have you ever heard of his work schedule? Uh, I know it's insane. I know he works a lot. I know, yeah, I just know he has a pretty good, pretty good story on how he got started. Yeah, I mean, in the video I watched is like I think it's a couple of years old now, so I don't know if his schedule is still the same. But during that time, he was working all the way until like. I think like five or six o'clock and then he had like uh he was a pers personal trainer or something for a few more hours after that and had like night classes and then he went to train at like 11 like 10 11 o'clock when people yeah, are i have a friend who works out at three in the morning oh damn really yeah he works wow. all day comes home sleeps gets up works out goes back to sleep for a couple hours and then goes back to work yeah and with that schedule look at him now he one of the best squatters in history ever. Yeah. Crazy. The dude, I just, I still can't even believe like that a human can move that much weight, you know, naturally, not naturally, but <laughs> yeah, physically. Yeah. Insane. I mean, like not even, not even, not only that, like he, he can squat that much, but like with like ease, like mm -hmm. every squat I've seen him do over a thousand pounds. It's just, it looks yeah. so easy. It comes up like like butter, just mm -hmm. like it's like a like a one thirty five pound squat. It just it just crazy. That's what I notice in a lot of those heavy squats, you know. The high, heavier it gets, yeah, a lot of those guys get faster. Bouncy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Um, yeah, for so let's see, so for powerlifting, obviously we have like a bunch of federations, bunch of like equipment divisions, and. So you're currently team two, right? I'm team two, USAPL. Um, I don't know when exactly I'll be a team three. If I am this year, I don't think so. I think it's not till after this year, but yeah, currently I'm team two. Okay. So, and you are a single, single ply lifter? I've competed single ply, raw, and I hope to compete raw with rap soon. So let's like, break all these uh, crazy opinions about single ply. So what is single ply? Well, single ply is basically raw with wraps with a really tight singlet on. So the singlets you see in raw lifting are like wearing a wrestling singlet or a shirt almost. Mm -hmm. um, a single ply is more of almost like a, not, I wouldn't call it jean, but it's more like a, it's hard to stretch. If you buy a single ply suit, you probably won't be able to get it on. Um, you'll probably have to take a couple weeks of trying it on. But if you squat alone without the suit, if you're just wearing the suit, no knee wraps, you'll probably squat. Your first time, I couldn't even get 10 pounds out of mine. Some people can get up to about 40, and then you just add your raw with wraps to that, and that's, that's about what you're going to get. If you just take the 40, 50, add it to your raw with wraps. Some people... This is where it gets a little weird is the suits have different levels of strength and some of them are, most of them are legal. Uh, Bench Daddy, they're a brand here in Texas. They created one and that's not legal at all because it wraps around your body and it's, it's, I don't think that should be in single ply. I think single ply should just be an old school tight, tight, tight singlet with some knee wraps. And uh, here would be an example. I remember my raw squat was 475 and then I got in the suit and wraps and I got up to 5.15 my first meet. And then um, by the time, and, and, and this is about four months after, about 
three to four months after my 515 squat, I was able to get up to a 650 squat. Wait, so it helps. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a practice thing. It's not like you put it on, you're good at it. It's like you put it on, you'll maybe get 30 pounds if you, if you know what you're doing. And then over time, you get better and better. Uh, I don't think that it's the same as multiply or any of that stuff. I think it's kind of, it's, it's basically like raw with wraps just adds a little more. It's, it's fun is what I'm saying. It's fun. I don't think that it's uh, something worth competing in permanently. I don't think it's something you'd want to only do single ply. I think it's more of something. Yeah. I'm a raw lifter, but I'll compete in the single ply meet, you know, like the other big problem I have with it is they we wear these bench shirts uh, the bench daddies are only legal for THSPA, but if you're competing in any other federation, they're not going to let you wear it. Um, you're going to have to wear like a, you ever heard of the super katana? Yeah. 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 So you'll wear like a super katana. And the only problem with these shirts is they help you get it off your chest really easy. And I noticed after working in a shirt for a really long time, my raw was like 355 and I was able to get up 405 in the shirt. And once I took the shirt off, I noticed I had this disgusting sticking point that I could not break at all. And it was like from probably like the first two to three inches off my chest because it like launches it off your chest. And if you constantly bench with that shirt on, you'll develop a sticking point you don't want. Same thing with, with raw with wraps and uh, single ply because you'll develop a weakness out of the hole and that's not something you want because then you'll have problems hitting depth because you'll know that's like your sticking point. Um, I had that problem. I was squatted high for probably, two months after single ply. So, um, yeah. And then I, I, I plan to compete single ply again this year. Um, the world record is 870 for my weight class. And uh, I think it's 770. 770, my bad, not 870. For the, 770. For what, squat? Uh, for the squat. For the okay. squat. The squat is 770. The bench is 525. And the deadlift is 710. Um, I plan to go... I, I'm hoping my opening meet, which is going to be in January, if everything goes as planned, I want to hit closer to 800 for my first squat, uh, closer to 500 for the first bench press in the shirt, and then uh, at least mid 600s on the deadlift. But my my ultimate state goal, it sounds really high, and I know it's really high, but I've seen kids squat way more in single ply. I plan to go for 900, a 900 pound squat, a 500 pound bench press. And then I want to break the deadlift record, which is seven ten. In what uh, in what time frame? Like you want to do this within your uh, teen years? This or? is this will be this will be in about this should be in March, about Mar- around March 9th to 29th. Then you and, want to hit uh, Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to hit like seven seventy um, in March? I don't know. I want to hit seven seventy by the first meet. Okay. And, and then, then by okay. And then and then, um, like, same thing for USAPL. I know the, the the raw squat is 600. The raw bench is 395. And the raw deadlift is 7. It's like 705, I think. I can't remember exactly because they put it in kilos. And uh, I'm hoping to break the total record, which is 1545 by the first meet that I can get into. Um I want to break the squat by the first meet I can get to. And then I want to break the bench press by April, which is a uh, 395. I want to get 405. Well, that, that's going to be a good amount of work, but good luck. That's, 
it's definitely achievable for yeah, man. yeah for someone as disciplined well, as you. Well, the thing is, my total went from thirteen thirty-five in a single ply to like sixteen sixteen oh five in a matter of like four months of just working in it. Um, it's, it's it's different single ply, and then raw. Uh, do you know what small love is? Of course, I've done it. It's brutal. Yeah. Oh my god, I've done it twice. I've injured myself twice doing it. I've done it twice. The first time I didn't finish it. The second time, uh, my squat went straight from uh, four seventy five to five forty five, and then oh, you got, I grinded man, my way up. Seventy pounds. Yeah, seventy pounds. And I, but I, the thing is, like, I was one eighty when I started it, and I ended it at two hundred five. So. Oh, okay. There's also that. But my my squad very quickly went from 545 straight to 585 high bar. And right now I'm in the transition of high bar to low bar because I've never I've never used, I've never done low bar until recently. And I noticed it made my back sore. I wasn't very good at it. And uh, I could barely get four plates when I first tried it. And I've been working at it for about a month and a half now. And I'm at about 565. I don't know. People said you can get a 10 pound increase out of it and 10 pound, uh, not 10 pound, 10% increase and 10% from my, uh, 585 high bar squat would be 650. And I just, I don't know. I'm not feeling that transition. I'm still working at it cause it's made my deadlift go up a lot. My deadlift went from 480 to 555 and I still got room to grow. Um, there's still some room in the tank, but I'm not maxing out for another six weeks or so. Yeah, well, the low bar is definitely like a, it's definitely a technique change, and it works like, like a lot more, like your posterior chain and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, people deal with your like the mobility issues with it. Um, I know a lot of mm-hmm. people get like the, the elbow elbow tightness, the shoulder tightness, and, but I don't. It also depends on your body, you know, your body type, your leverages, because mm-hmm. um, I can never squat low bar because of uh, the way I'm built high bar is literally the only way I could do it. Cause I squat so upright and, mm-hmm. and speaking of small off it, I only got a 30 pound increase from it. Um, small is just, just straight brutal. Like they, they make you do like four sets of nine. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Sets four seven, sets of nine, seven mm-hmm. sets of five, and then like 10 sets of three. And mm-hmm. each week they just make, they just keep increasing the percentage of it. And, it's a great squat program, but I, I from what I've seen, it it, it kind of hurt my bench and uh, deadlift because all that. It did all that well. Volume. Okay, my deadlift went from four eighty to five thirty five. My first week back in the gym after I don't know. I that's what I got out of it. Um, I also had hamstring injuries beforehand, though. Uh, I've pulled my hamstring one time running, and then I repulled it while I was trying to get it to heal my sophomore year. Uh, deadlifting 450 and ever since then it was never the same my deadlift went from 450 to 480 in a year um, which was not good at all I felt like I was gonna pull my hamstring every time I deadlifted um, which is why I actually transferred to sumo Oh, okay Um, yeah I preferred uh, conventional actually a lot more um, but I've had to deadlift sumo over and over because it just put too much on my hamstring um, the other reason, that's actually one of the reasons I have not a very good low bar squat is quad dominant. My hamstrings are not, not they're not nothing compared to my, my uh, quads. As far as like the visibility, my quads look 
huge and then my hamstrings i can't and i think that's just because i've neglected them over the years i've never really i never really trained hamstrings i didn't do any good mornings i didn't do um i I rarely deadlifted but it's because i had to move all the weight from upstairs to downstairs so every time i squat or every time i deadlift i have to take all the weight plates and all bar everything straight from upstairs in my gym down to downstairs because i can't you know bang it or i'll go through the window not when i go through the, the floor yeah yeah it's interesting to hear that um i know a lot of people that switch to sumo only because they want they they want to have a bigger deadlift um obviously same same with the sumo pull it, it depends on your body type whether you can succeed in it like crazy like like what comes to mind is like a killer woolum right look at that guy deadlift. oh my gosh yeah. that dude he put together my whole deadlift program honestly everything i run i learned from him I, everything yeah um Super technical. Yes, if you ever watched, uh, yeah, he, um, I, I say that I probably owe most of my deadlift gains to his, uh, his row, the, the little woolen rows is what I call them, where basically it's like an RDL row at the same time. So Bentley row without feet, touching the ground. Is that where you pretty much started on the ground? You touch your chest and then you let it yeah. hit the ground again. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Okay. And, uh, yeah, the first time I did it, I could barely do it with 165 for like sets of six. And right now, I think I'm doing it with like 315. <laughs> Holy so, shit. It, yeah, it, it made my, my deadlift shoot up. Like, I think I pulled 505 barely when I first started them. And because uh, what happened was I hit 535 and I had my back injury. So I didn't look for like a month. And when I came back in, I could barely get 505 off of the ground. And uh, then I learned about these rows. I, I started working them like crazy. Like, literally every leg workout and every back workout I was hitting these rows and very quickly I noticed a huge like like it was almost like a surge of strength it was crazy my deadlift went from 505 and 515 and 525 535 I worked 535 for a few weeks and then I just recently repulled that uh, new max that gave me the 1500 but yeah I 100 percent recommend those rows um to anybody looking to gain strength or gain a deadlift you can just look it up uh kaylor woolam on uh, strength tv it's it's worth watching yeah i've always wondered what, what was like his reasoning behind doing those crazy rows maybe it's like um mm-hmm. being able to recruit your lats more in the pole or something or like since it's in an rdl position like maybe your hamstrings get stronger but I'm, i think but that's what it is but it, like, look at his debt. Like, what has he pulled? Like nine seventy or something, right? Oh, I forgot. Man, I don't even know. I think the okay. There's a couple guys that I've been looking at. I've been looking a lot at Kaylor Wulum, Jamal Browner, as everybody else has. Oh and my then, god, uh, Jamal Browner. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to talk about him next, and then Yuri Belkin. Oh, Jamal um, Browner was the guy that pulled nine seventy. Yeah, that. <laughs> that was yeah. Yuri Belkin, I think, with no belt. Are you talking about no belt? No, no, no. Uh, Jamal Browner, he had that fourth attempt at that meet um yeah yeah he did yeah um, it looked like a warm-up you know what he did recently did you see what I think he did, he did like a thousand thousand fifteen or something a thousand fifty a thousand fifty jeez oh my yeah, god he's like a two i think he's like a 231 or something but man that's just that's insane i know he's changing his weight class for that showdown meet i think he's gonna be a 242 but that's just man, it's insane. yeah he has a beautiful sumo pull He's he's the reason I changed my my sumo stance. It used to be really wide, and I've actually moved it in because I was just like, 
he's got such a great deadlift. If I can try and mimic that and figure out what he's what he's doing, I could probably get some out of that too. Um, I just noticed he has a very a very close stance. It looks like it's very far from a distance, but when you look at how close his hands are to like where his feet are, it's it's not very not very much different. It's crazy. Um, yeah, but seeing those kind of deadlifts, obviously, then the internet people come in and they they call it the cheater deadlift because no. uh, the range of motion that it cuts. Um, what do you think about that? Well, that's like saying that the the low bar squat is cheating a high bar squat. I mean, if that's the way you want to squat, you squat like that, you know? If, sure. I think if you want to deadlift a certain way, you should be able to deadlift a certain way. That's like trying to say that, that the world bench record shouldn't count if his back's not completely flat or there's no arch, you know what I mean? I think that whatever way you can move the weight, the most weight is – how you need to lift. I don't think that people should say this is the way you got to do it. Like I think that if strong men were able to pull like uh, if they were able to deadlift sumo, I think the record world record be a, would be a lot higher than 1100. I think it would be a lot higher. Uh, well then again, um, like not everyone feels comfortable with sumo. Like I know the majority of people that train strong men, I mean, they're required to pull a conventional, Mm-hmm. But there are people that have like their conventional pulls are way higher than their sumo pulls, just based on like, I guess their body types and it just it just doesn't work for them for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, and also mobility, sumo requires a good amount of you know. Oh, if I don't stretch before sumo, I can't even get into position. And I'm a very stiff guy. Like in person, if I run, people are like, "You're very stiff. You need to stretch." And I'm I can I can stretch very well. I could. I wouldn't say I'm stiff, but I. If I, w- if I didn't stretch, I'd be very stiff. I think that's why I had my hamstring pull. Um, yeah, that's that's probably why I pulled my hamstring, to be honest. If I would have stretched more, um, that would have benefited me a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, if I if I don't stretch, though, my deadlift, I can't get into position. Um, I can't. I remember one time I couldn't pull over 500 pounds because I didn't stretch. I was like, ah, I don't need to stretch. I'm just jumping in, you know that's a horrible idea but that's what i did and i couldn't even pull 500 pounds and i never did it again so now before every uh before every deadlift session i actually got my stretching routine from steffi cohen the way she oh steffi uh, cohen legendary as well god man it's insane pretty sure she deadlifts like right under me and i'm 198 like no that's just that's insane um yeah she has this, this little routine she does um she did it with mark bell and uh, I watched it, and ever since that's how I've that's how I've done my stretching before sumo deadlifts. Yeah, I see how a lot of people um, a lot of people don't like warming up, and if someone as strong as Steffi Cohen is taking their time to get their body, you know, warmed up to to do those heavy lifts, I think it shows that you know what they're doing is you know it it, it matters, it counts. You know, you, you got to warm up your body. Like you can't just you know, go into a deadlift session cold. Just go, hey, I'm, I'm going to just pull a PR today. And that's when injuries happen. You know, that's how lifting probably gets a bad reputation. You know, all these doctors oh, yeah. saying you shouldn't lift, you shouldn't lift. You know, it's going to hurt your knees, hurt your back, all that, all that dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also have a, like a little warm up thing too. I, I like to do the dynamic stuff more. Um, static stretching isn't really my thing before a workout. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like before bench, well, I haven't benched in a, well, yeah, I haven't benched in a while, but uh, I usually don't like 
to like statically stretch my my pecs out like for like 30 seconds straight like that i think it actually kind of impedes performance but uh i'll do other things like shoulder circles like like band pull-aparts and stuff like that oh yeah i do band pull-aparts in every squat session to make my uh what are they called rear delts rear delts yeah i don't know why i was thinking <laughs> rear lats i almost said rear lats i was like don't say that <laughs> um yeah my rear delts i noticed that they were lacking extremely and that's where the bar sits whenever you do low bar and sure. during the transfer at first I, I kept telling people it hurts so bad it feels like it's sitting on a bone and they were like you need to work it dude you need to just start doing these band full parts every workout and i did them just over about a month it's already gotten better but yeah i i i think that uh Especially the rear delts for low bar squat. That's that's a necess a necessity. What did what did technique change for you when you when you changed to low bar? Um, I noticed an increase in deadlift. I noticed it was much easier hitting depth. Oh my gosh. Um, oh really? Okay. I had it. Yeah, I I. Um, as far as the wrist thing, it hurt my wrist a lot. I, I remember I would get off out of the bar and I'd rack the weight and I would like literally like hold my hand, like my, like my wrist. And I'd just be like, gosh, this hurts so bad. I don't know how people can do this crap. And like the, the shoulder mobility thing, I didn't have that. And then I, I watched a video and I kept watching these videos over and over. And a guy showed me this thing. It's like a doorway stretch. So you put your hands on the doorway, almost oh, where, yeah. your, where, your, where your head is. And then you lean through the doorway and then you do that a couple times and then you just you stretch, you know, stretch your, uh, your shoulders and your back out and then you get under the bar and it feels so much better. I don't know. It just did. And I do that every time. And if I ever feel pain, the first thing I do is that little door stretch and then it usually goes away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people like they, they try to compensate it by wearing like elbow sleeves and it, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of like covering up the pain, but yeah, mobility mm -hmm. work is definitely needed for, for low bar. Pretty sure. I'm also, I want to, you know who Joel Sullivan is, right? Yeah. So you seen that little talent grip thing he does? I actually do that. Uh, oh, you only, do? Only because um, I, had a, I had to do surgery for my shoulder, uh, for my torn labrum. Okay. And coming back into squatting before this whole lockdown, I had to, to do the, like the Falcon talent grip thing mm -hmm. because um, I couldn't get a full grip on the bar because how tight it was, all that scar tissue. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I did that and it was, it was pretty comfortable, you know, no complaints. I want to learn it because if, for example, like if anyone's listening um, and they want to transfer to low bar, I think that the talent grip would help them a lot. The little, if you don't know what it is, you guys could search it. It's a little thing you do with your pinkies and it takes a lot of stress off of your shoulders because it makes it so you can almost pull your elbows in closer to your body and you can get under the bar a lot easier. It almost feels like, for example, the way Joe Sullivan squats, it looks almost like he's squatting with an SSB bar, really, because oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that comfortable with him. And that's the level of comfort I'm trying to get with with a uh, low bar squatting. The other thing is, uh, when I was high bar, I was a very wide stance squatter. I wouldn't call it very, very wide stance, but I was pretty wide stance. Um, once I switched to low bar, my stance was about shoulder width. My my fingers and my hands go out to about the, I'd say pinkies on the on the ring. But my stance is extremely close now um, compared to what it used to be. Yeah, and all these little variations, they, these small changes make huge differences. Um, mm -hmm. But like speaking on the talent grip, I know um, the way Ben Pollock talked about it, I know he's a big, uh, big fan of the talent grip as well. Um, 
he yeah it takes a lot of uh, stress off of the shoulders and and it lets the weight settle a lot uh, mm. a lot more because when you have a full grip on the bar you know you might take like maybe 10 20 pounds of like like how it feels on your back but when you when you get that talent grip in it's like say you're squatting 500 pounds with a talent grip 500 pounds is on your back it's like it settles yeah. deep into your traps if you're, if you're squatting high bar or your rear delts if you're squatting low bar but yeah, it, you're taking the full weight of that squat. Um, it might be a bad thing. I don't know. Like usually for me, when I unrack the bar, <laughs> that's where I determine where I'm where if I'm able to complete the rep or not. Like based on like mm-hmm. how it feels right out of the rack. I'm like, oh damn, it feels like like. Oh yeah, that used to be the biggest mental barrier for me. Um, I couldn't even squat 275 when I first started because I would unrack it and I'd feel it and it felt so heavy to me. I was like 160 at the time, but I was just like no way and then i'd re-rack it like i remember i failed 275 like so many times because i just i it, i would unrack it and i'd feel the weight and i'd get scared and i was just like there's no way i'm gonna get this yeah the mental game that's not talked well it's yeah it's definitely not talked about enough um a lot of people think it's just lifting a bar and plates off of the ground and it's over that's it lifting from point a to point b and then you're done but they don't know how much like mental preparation it takes to to be able to stand under that oh, weight. man yeah. me i i um if i know i'm gonna hit a max like this is an example so this week i i hit a 555 deadlift the week before i didn't get 545 off the ground that whole week i wasn't eating enough and i wasn't thinking about the lift at all whenever i if i want to hit a max and i, I just really want to hit it i have to think about it i have to envision myself hitting it over and over and yeah, over throughout yeah. the week i have to get angry i don't know if you've heard the music in the background of my my uh, instagram but i listen to some really heavy stuff because i think i really think getting angry helps a lot i think you got to get that adrenaline rush i use pre-workout i use i listen to really heavy music i, I have a uh, ammonia double barrel um, i think a lot of it is mental yeah for sure um so you you try you tend to get like get like a cruel mindset, get violent as hell. And you just like, I'm going to pull yeah, the crap out of this much. bar. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. That's interesting for me. I, I do the same thing. Um, I have to, I envision myself lift it. Um, but the, th- the thing for me is I tell myself I'm going to kill the weight, like literally kill it. Like, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm just going to like go out there and get the job done. But, uh, you know, like, you know I know Lehman? George who George Lehman. Hmm. No. Oh, the guy that pulled the American record. Well, he he's been out of the out of powerlifting for a while, but he pulled like he pulled like nine nine something, uh, like maybe five or six years ago. And uh, his big strategy was like crying before the deadlift. He goes to a very dark place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds weird, but like it, he um, um yeah he like he had some family uh issues. I think he his little brother was like uh his brother passed away or something and he thinks about it every Ooh. time he deadlifts. He's like, this is for my brother. Right. And he, and he mm. goes out there and, and pulls the weight and yeah, everyone's got their thing. Yeah. I uh, have a specific like series of heavy, heavy songs that will to whenever I lift or for like a PR. Um, and uh, there's been times where I'll get so angry that I almost want to cry, you know, before a squat or something and it works, it yeah. works, it does. But I don't know. It's a sight game. I think, I think that you don't use all, all the muscle. I don't think you use all the strength you have. I don't think your brain 
set like all your brain does it doesn't think about lifting correctly it doesn't think about any of that any muscle activation it just when you're trying to pull a bar all it's thinking about is pulling that bar and survival i yeah. think yeah i think you gotta i think if you get angry and i think you you get a little more deep into it i think you're gonna be a lot stronger than you would if you just came in and tried to pick up a bar you know same thing like difference between just coming in lifting and then coming in when pre-workout and lifting it's like two different experiences you know yeah i mean there's definitely like a like a limit to it though if you if you think too much about it then that's bad because that's then then you start second guessing yourself like oh can i lift it or maybe not or maybe i can if i can't it's a bad day if i can it's gonna be a good day and then it just it goes that's my cycle deadlift yeah yeah for me too it's it's like a hit or miss for me well here's the thing is based on my amrap i can pull 500 for seven that's a 605 deadlift right i could barely get that 555 and i know i can pull more i know it. I, I just i know i can pull more weight but i just can't do it because it's just i'm not there mentally yet so i'm slowly going to increase the weight um, i'm working force up to two um for my current deadlift workouts with my four rep max and it says and that's four rep off of the 555 not off of 600 so i'm going to be starting with like 515 i think for my four sets of two and then i'm gonna go 525 535 i'll do this till i hit probably 550 and then I'll wait a week on a deload and then I'm going to read, I'm going to try and max out again. And I don't know. It's always been like that. For example, my 535, I pulled it for a speed rep, like easy a couple weeks ago. And then the very next week I'd pull the five, 535. I got it easy, put it down, tried 545 and couldn't get it off the ground. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's a mental how, game for me. How long have you been pulling sumo? Uh, I started my sophomore year once I had the – okay, I got that injury mid-season, mid-powerlifting season, uh, right before regionals, and I really didn't want to just give up regionals. So I thought, what can I do? I can pull sumo. So I went from pulling conventional, which was like 435, to pulling sumo, and I think I only got 420 my first time, which wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all, but it was horrible form. And I remember actually falling backwards, pulling sumo multiple times. Oh, I would really? completely fall backwards at the bar. Yeah. And uh, once I got balanced down and figure out, I watched some videos. Um, you know who Calgary Barbell is on YouTube? Yep. He's a pretty famous single ply lifter, That's, right? He, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know he did single ply. I just, I just know he deadlifts a lot. But um, I watched his video. Um, I watched a couple of his videos as far as like um, wedging the hips and um, getting your lats tight and just doing those basic things made my deadlift go up to 445. I tried 515 a meet, pulled my hamstring, but I, I, or no, 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 that was before. I got up to 450 and then I pulled my hamstring. Then I got up to 445 sumo and I couldn't get past that for like the longest, but I don't know. I, I actually ended up bombing out at regionals my sophomore year. I bombed out what on squat. Out? Oh, it was, uh, yeah, squat. Uh, the first one was depth and I was like, let's go up. Why not? Let's just go up. And, uh, cause my, you know, we just, it looked good. It looked like a great squat. It, it felt easy. looked fine. I actually only got like four hours of sleep cause I was tossing and turning the whole night. Just, I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't go to sleep. That's how, that's how much I was thinking about the meat. Yeah. Um, I had nightmares. I woke up. I was like, let's just go to the meet, see how it goes. And again, it's mental. I bombed out and uh, I was pretty upset about it. 
I was a sophomore. I was like the only sophomore there besides some super heavyweights um, and some like 123s, but you know, it's all right. My junior year, I came back, tried to, I, mean, I qualified just enough to make regional, not just enough, just enough to be in the top of my region. And then um, I was hoping to do really good at regionals, take a first medal, maybe get a little plaque or whatever. And the day before regionals, uh, the meet got canceled. Oh, no. So uh, I kept lifting. Uh, I kept working single ply. And uh, until I knew it was completely gone, um, I didn't go up and wait. Once I knew it was completely gone, I was like, well, I want to try I want to try raw. I've always wanted to try raw. I was always kind of nervous. I didn't think I'd be very good at it. Um, and uh, I just kept working with it, kept working with it. And soon enough, my total went from like 1250 to 1500 in like about a half year. Yeah, it's that big progression. Talking back on yeah. your um, on your bomb out for the squats, um, I think the the best part of uh, in the meet is is securing that first attempt, that uh, getting mm-hmm. getting getting a whatever it's like. I think the 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 rule of thumb is like pick a weight that you can do for five reps easily or something. Um, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. like securing securing that first attempt. It gives you momentum for your second and third. But I, I've never bombed out in a meet, and I can't even imagine how that feels because that's like the that's the first lift of the meet, and then you're already like eliminated, right? Like you can't post the total. Yeah. And it. Uh, it was uh, it was humiliating. Humiliating. Uh, there was a lot of family there. Oh, okay. Yeah, in my opinion, at the time it was. I had family. We had to drive like a day. My coach, uh, you know, we packed up our bags and oh, everything. Okay. And the school for it. It was very it was very frustrating. Uh, we had other people go to state. Um, there's no nationals, unfortunately, for that federation. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Back Looking back then, it was completely devastating. But I always thought, you know, look at this as motivation. So that way the next time I come in a meet, I don't have to, like, like I don't want to come into a meet. Like, next time I come into a meet, I want to be more motivated to make regionals. And then I made regionals and I got canceled. But that that's completely fine. I've got one more year. As long as this COVID stuff doesn't interfere with it, I've got till January, and then that the original state meet isn't supposed to be till like March, late March. Um, we'll see. I've got and some big, big plans for. Some- yeah, and I think people should have um, mentality like you, because uh, when you fail, people tend to have you know negative thoughts. They think that next time they do it, they're gonna fail again. And the mind is powerful. If you think you're going to fail again, you're probably going to fail again, you know? And mm-hmm. the best part about powerlifting is just have a short-term memory. You you have a really crappy training day. Just forget about it, you know? Just go into the next training day with with new motivation. Just le- like you learn from your mistakes and, and you just go out and attack, and attack your goals again. It's just like not playing the victim game, you know? Like no one feels bad for you, mm-hmm. especially in a sport demanding as powerlifting, you know? Most of your training oh, is done yeah. by yourself. I mean, unless you have a coach and stuff, but uh, like a lot, a lot of the mm-hmm. times when like having a coach is too expensive, you you gotta be able to be motivated enough to do I, your research and train by yourself. Yep. What were you about to say? I've never had a coach uh, for powerlifting ever. So um, you just all self-taught. I've a hundred percent. Damn. Um, I've read I read books on books and. 
Um, I've just watched so many videos. I've watched every Mark Bell video you can find. I've watched everything that I'm involved in Eddie Cohn. Um, I've watched a lot of Strongman. Uh, you know, difference between hypertrophy and strength training, um, all that stuff. I taught most, every, almost everything I, I've I've learned. I've taught myself. I plan on getting a coach. Thing is, I just don't know who. I don't know who I want to work with because I know for sure. Um, you, the next USAPL nationals isn't for a long time. Uh, I don't know how long it is. I just know that I plan on shattering some records for the, the 93 KG, but I don't know how long it is. I think it's almost like a whole year or a little bit less than a year from now before the next real nationals. And, um, yeah, it's usually in October. whenever I do November, I mean, Wait, really? it's, it's usually in, in the like fall or winter time, right? Raw nationals. Yeah, but it was supposed to, it didn't get canceled this year? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, it got canceled. Like so year. it won't yeah. be for a long time. Yeah. Um, but what I do know is that whenever I do get close to that, that, uh, that national meet, I want to get a coach. Um, because okay. I don't know it at all. I don't. If nobody knows it all, you got to work with somebody. Like, um, I do know that I want to work specifically with somebody who's good at each lift. I want to work with a good bench presser, and then I want to work with a good squatter, and then a good deadlifter. Oh, you want individual, but yeah, so like three different, no, not three different individual. I oh. want to do them one at a time. So I'll work my dead. Feel comfortable. Um, hopefully enough to beat that, that 700. And then I'll work the bench until I've hit where I want to be on bench. And then I'll work with deadlift until I've hit where I, where I want to be on deadlift, you know, or I like I said, deadlift in the squat. Oh, but, yeah. um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've, I've, I just, I don't know who to pick for, for a coach because so many coaches believe in so many different ways. You know, some coaches will want you to build muscle. Some coaches will just want you to work raw strength training. Um, you also got to pick a guy like you. I don't think you should pick if you're a sumo deadlifter and you're a high bar squatter. I don't think you should pick a conventional deadlifter and a low bar squatter. I think you should pick somebody who's built like you. For example, if I get a coach, it's probably going to be, someone between the 83 kg and the 105 kg i don't think i'm going to go higher or lower i want to pick someone around my body type probably lifts the same way um for example like sean noriega i would i, I think i could can see myself working with him i think the best thing in a coach is um is that they actually care and they uh they individualize the program they actually like spend their time to actually work with you learn like learn your weaknesses and where where you're at with your current training and a coach that worries about your health you know not willing to oh yeah a coach that doesn't care about like his his athletes achievements and posts it in his bio like i coached 50 national champions you know you should you should like hire yeah. me as a coach like like louis lou simmons <laughs> oh louis simmons i like louis simmons though he's pretty cool <laughs> i do i do i just think that he i don't know I can't, I, I can definitely can't speak on Lou Simmons. I'm just saying like, based on what we were just talking about, uh, I don't think I would pick him as a coach just because he looks on uh, his lifters more like numbers from what I've seen. But well, he's, you know, he's got I a guess brutal, way, brutal way of coaching. I'm, That's I'm, true. He, well, what is it? What's that documentary on Netflix? It's like West side versus the world. Or something. Uh, West side versus the world. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I don't think a lot of people know uh, powerlifting started with like the multiply single ply stuff. Oh yeah. Where like the, all the raw powerlifting got more popular and stuff. Uh, powerlifting started with multiply, you know, 
uh, like mm-hmm. all the big squats. What I what I listen like to, what like I've built some of my workouts off of what Lou Simmons has showed me. A lot of the stuff that I've learned, I've learned from him. I've read his books. Uh, I've watched his YouTube videos, the old school videos, West Side versus the World. That dude's a very smart guy, and like the conjugate method, for example, I almost started it, and then I figured out that it wasn't for raw lifters necessarily. It was more for football players and multiply and single ply. But yeah, that, that dude taught me a lot, especially about the posterior chain. Um, you know, suspended good mornings, uh, regular good mornings, uh, reverse hyperextensions. Um, what was that? What was that machine he created where they where they lay on it, and then he's got oh, the, yeah. the thing that go around your ankles. Reverse yeah, hyper. my school just got some of those. The reverse yeah. hyper? Oh, so I've been nice. working with those. Yeah. So I'm going to start working with those um, pretty soon. I think that'll do a lot to my deadlift. Yeah. I think the most impressive thing about Louis Simmons is like his resilience, um, his, his like willpower, never, never giving up. Because in West Side versus the World, he talked about how he, he broke his back um, and he, how he was on crutches for like 10 months or something. And came back to squat oh, man, like 900, man. right? Or something, 925 or something. And he was like in his 50s. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah I was insane. He, I remember I saw a video of him deadlift like 600 pounds off of a rack. And I was like, dude's like 70, man. Yeah, even, and, I think he's a little younger, but still. And it shows, you know, people limit themselves too much. Um, your body's capable of so much more if you actually like believe you can do it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it sounds kind of cliche. Is huge. Yeah, you got to, it sounds cliche, but you have to believe in yourself, like literally believe that you can do mm-hmm. it. Like, obviously. That's the thing. Yeah. What are you about to say? A lot of these records that I want to go for, I have two main records that I want to go for. I want to go, well, two different lifting styles. I want to hold the, lift, the single ply for all three, uh, all three lifts and the total. And I want to uh, hold all the raws, um, all three lifts and the total. And the numbers I'm shooting for, a lot of people will sound crazy for going for them. I'm going to be honest. I got, a, I got about a year. Um, I want to be the first kid. There's been a lot of kids to deadlift 700 pounds under eight, uh, under 18 years old. I want to be the first to squat 700 pounds, uh, under 18 years old. And that sounds crazy, but I think I can, I think I could do it. Honestly, I think I can, I know I'll hit at least the mid six hundreds, but I don't know. I want that. I, I really want that 700 and that's constantly what goes through my head. Like every day, 700 pound squat, 700 pound squat. I mean, for sure, it does sound crazy to the average, you know, ear. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, when people say something crazy, and they're not doing anything about it, like as like, like they say, like I want to make a billion dollars, but they're just sitting on their mm-hmm. couch watching TV all day. Obviously, that guy's crazy. He's not going to do anything. But someone like you, that's like training. They have a goal in mind. They're doing it consistently. It doesn't really sound that crazy. You gotta have a plan. Yeah, you gotta have a plan, you know. Yeah, you gotta have a way to attack it, and and I honestly think you could probably hit them. Like, obviously, like, do you have haters or doubters? Yeah, I do. I have a few actually. Um, not, not like you know, give any names or anything, but yeah, I've got a, I've got some people who don't think I I will, and I've got a lot of people who think I will hit it. They said you're just you're a very aggressive lifter. Um, you you're constantly hitting it hard. You're not like a, you don't, I don't, I don't lift casually. Like some people, I don't do that. Yeah. That's yeah. slow. Gain. I, I'm always looking to, to get as much as I can out of a program or as much as I can out of a lift. And sometimes, sometimes it's hurt me. Sometimes it's helped me. For example, a high bar 585. that that's, that's pretty, that's, that's impressive for, you know, a high bar. 
if once I get this low bar down, that should put me close to the mid 600s. And then I've got almost a whole year to work 50 pounds. Yeah. With, I can work small love. I can work, I can work with the coach. There's so much you can do. And considering that's the one thing that I want to hit more than anything else, I think, I, I think I'm going to get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you see, uh, go ahead. Oh no! I was I was just gonna like bring back. I had some dark memories, some small up. I remember, remember during one of the four sets of nine uh, workouts, I I threw up right after. Like I just ran to the bathroom and oh, just threw up. I was like, that that was insane. But yeah, what, what were you about to say? I lived with uh, I have a lifting partner who did small up with me, and I think he went from four forty to five oh five something like that. Damn! But he's a two thirty five. He's about two thirty five. He's a football player. Um, He'll probably listen to this podcast, to be honest. And uh, he bursted both of the blood vessels, like both of his eyes, like the blood vessels in his eyes, they were bloodshot red. Um, I think twice he had nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I almost threw up a couple times. I remember. I mean, it, it, it happens yeah. when like the blood, when uh, obviously when you're straining against heavy weights, like your blood pressure will rise and it will rise to mm-hmm. the point where, you know, you'll get a nosebleed like, you know that uh, that Russian guy at uh, World's Strongest Man, that famous picture of him just like just gushing blood from his nose, on like a deadlift. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I forgot his name, mm-hmm. but like you know, he's always wearing a beret. Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know his name either. I've seen deadlift. Yeah, I keep blanking out on his name, but yeah, that that that's a part of the sport. I mean, I mean projectile vomiting as well. That that's like oh god, that's <laughs> that's pretty bad for the. <laughs> that's judges. my worst fear. Yeah, that's my worst fear. Well, no, no, no. I got a story for you. Okay. So we had this guy at my school. I never, I didn't see this, but I, I, his little brother's in my grade. Um, and he was a super heavyweight. He was a power lifter. Uh, he had a, a squat singlet that was way too small for him. And you're not oh, allowed to wear no. underwear under the squat singlet. Wait, 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 wait. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. They don't like seeing the underwear line. The judges, they get pretty angry. They're just like, go take your underwear off of Okay, wait, dude, easy. Oh, wait, that's but, weird. Wait, I thought yeah, you're... you're not allowed. Yeah, I know. You can wear like uh, those really, those like uh, the not, not the boxers, but like the, the cutoffs, the really, really, really short ones. No, no, no they're really short, really short. Like little tiny, tiny whiteies. Really yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can wear. They want you to wear those or a jock strap or nothing. That's that's their rule. Um, which this is a little more, scary okay. considering some of them are some of the singlets are see-through a little bit, which is a little scary. But uh, right. um, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? So this kid, you know, he's squatting, just you know, doing his little thing, his first first or second attempt, and uh, yeah, he got at the bottom of the hole, and the squat singlet completely ripped open oh at the my, bottom. Oh no, that's so. That's yeah, that's that one awful. over. <laughs> I would say that. Uh, I would rather probably throw up than have that happen, honestly. Mid uh, or something. Oh my but, god, that's man. ultimate! Like, cause everyone sees it. Yeah, and the then, whole, the whole. He still got the squat. He still got the squat, but uh, I don't know. Damn, that's just. I put oh, myself so embarrassing. Situation ever since I've heard that, I could see myself dumping the weight so quickly. <laughs> I don't know how he managed to muscle through that, but he did. I, uh, I don't know. Imagine the spotter behind him. Oh my god! Oh right. man, you probably be like, "What the guy. heck?" <laughs> oh no, no, it ripped open from the front. It ripped open from the front. Oh, from the front. Wow, what the? That's. Cr- oh no. Yeah, they're that tight, and his suit was so like. I guess they said the suit was like begging for mercy, 
and at the, he wanted to get the most weight he could get out of it. And he, it was, it, these squat suits aren't like what we what we have now. We have the Super Centurion, uh, the Centurion. We've got all the Spartan. We've got all these crazy suits by Titan. We have Enzer suits. We had these like really thin, they look like freaking underwear. Uh, these Enzer suits. And uh, yeah, if they're too tight for you and you go down, you can probably rip one. Honestly, if if you have some heavy weight on your back, it'll probably rip. But yeah, yeah. I mean close to like project i know like <laughs> judges have gotten projectile vomited on probably mm. the next worst thing is like like pooping your singlet or something i know eddie oh, Cohen yeah. talked about that once where <laughs> he's going 900 and like he just he just felt like the shit coming out and yeah know, oh god well i know lifters who have peed themselves mid deadlift uh, i know that happens with with girls a lot <laughs> yeah i was a girl yeah uh some it was one of my uh somebody who's on my powerlifting team i'll just say that because there's gonna be some people listening to this one um but yeah there's a girl who peed herself um i mean that's part of it right because like when yeah. when girls strain on a deadlift that i don't, I don't, I don't know exactly i don't know i don't know, <laughs> I don't know either i just know what happens yeah like uh, it was it was pretty out of me yeah, like she was just like coach i peed and he's just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, i mean yeah, I I I seen it once where I was watching this this um, it was an old lady. She was she was grinding out a deadlift, mm-hmm. and I just suddenly see like um uh, like like drops of water yeah. in the the ground. I was like, maybe it's her sweat, and then no. I'm like, wait, oh wait, no, it's not her sweat. What the? And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, it's definitely not fun if you if any of those those things happen to you. Oh yeah, so you're you're on a powerlifting team uh it's it's for school yeah it's it's for okay. school um outside of that um i haven't even gone to a meet by myself yet i just the main thing was with usapl is i was in the middle of thspa and i didn't want to do um two different federations at the same time i wanted to do one um just because i don't want to get i don't want to complicate stuff so i plan to have a meet soon i was going to have one literally this month but then i canceled on it when i found out that nationals was going to get canceled so probably going to wait a good six months, maybe at least once I find out that um, I need to hit a specific number to qualify for nationals. And I know the qualifying total is like not very much. I think it's like 1100 or something for the 93s, which is, I think it should be more like 1450 ish, but that's just me. Um, this is for USAPL qualifying. Raw. Total. Yeah. This is the raw for the, the sub juniors. Uh, 93 kg. It's like a, it's 1085 or 1080 or something. But once it once I find out that uh I need to get in a meet to qualify, whenever that is, I'm gonna get in one. But it probably won't be for a while. But I, I just I just want to get in that meet, and the very first meet I get into, I want to already be you know stacking some records. And I'm pretty close. I'm at a I, I got to get 15 more pounds on my squat. Got to get like 40 on my bench, and then. My deadlift got, has, a, has a way to go, but I'm going to get a coach for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, those will, like, I've, I've seen, like, I've watched a bunch of your Instagram videos. Like, it, it's there, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, just a few more tweaks in the program, a few more just consistent training. It, it's there. But mm-hmm. I know, like, um, so USAPL had this issue with a bunch of lifters, which I don't agree with. But I know they increased the totals of the qualifying, uh, the qualifying totals. They increased it. And a lot of lifters complained about it. And they were That's like, the they're like, come on, like, I want to go to nationals too. You know, why'd you, why'd you rate, yeah. wait, raise it? And it's, <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude, it's nationals. Like, 
narrow it down. I mean, 1085 is nothing, man. I think my sister could hit 1085. Like, <laughs> I'm being honest. Like, I don't know. Okay, that that, that was a little mean. But <laughs> oh, I'm, now that I thought about that, I was like, you know, there's some people listening. But I'm just saying, if you're if you're a, a team a, a team two or a team three, you can you should be able to hit 1085 if you're weighing 205 pounds. You know, um, for nationals, I think I think nationals should be more like at least 1300 in my opinion. I think they need to narrow it down a little bit. Um, I don't know. That's just how I, that's how I, but like people were like, they were given, it was like, they got, USAPL got so much backlash for, for raising well, the totals. I, and I was, there was like, a couple of things they did. They, they took away, there was a meme about it. I'm pretty sure they took away, uh, Sean Noriega's total because he didn't have his mask all the way on or something. Wait, wait, when, when was this? What? <laughs> this was a while. This wasn't too long ago. This was when he hit that. I don't even know what it was. It was like a 10 times body weight total or something like that. And, uh, he was, he was one, he was 83 kg and he had his mask under his lip and was like breathing in on that? squat. Yeah. His nose. Well, it was, it was right under, it was like his top lip. Oh, okay. And let me tell you from personal experience of squatting on a mat with a mask on, it's a lot harder, especially if it's heavier weight. Cause you feel like you can't get the air in. Anyway, he, he moved it down just a little bit and they took his total away from him. You know, they canceled nationals. They didn't, a lot of other uh, federations didn't cancel cancel nationals. Um, I don't know. I did I think not. That, what? Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty stupid. I was like, are you kidding me? They took away his total be, just because of that. Like, that's that's no, that's not cool. That is <laughs> you know? really not cool. What? Come on. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to enforce the mask rule, but, like, if they're USAPL, you have to understand, like, you got to take in a lot of air for, for some big weights. Oh man. Like that. Embracing all that. Yeah. And like, I take it as much as I can. Yeah. And the mask kind of, it's like training with an altitude mask. You just don't yeah. get the air and you just, you're like, well, a couple of days ago, yesterday, actually yeah, yesterday I did a 500 triple just during a football workout. And, uh, I had my mask over my face and I just, I couldn't, I was trying so hard to breathe in air. I just don't see how these people do it with their max lifts. Like, just no way. I would have to probably pull it down a little bit myself, too. Yeah, because when but, you suck in air with a mask, like, part of the cloth is in your mouth. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. And then, and then yeah, it's, it's just hard to breathe. But obviously, I like, they use the mask thing as a precaution for spreading COVID, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't – I just really, like, I don't – I feel like a lot of people got robbed over this, this 2020 uh, COVID thing, you know? especially a lot of power lifters. There were a lot of things that got canceled and a lot of these kids were wanting to break records. Uh, for example, I had a, in THSPA, the, the, the total record 1700, right? Or, well, no, no, no. For the 181s, it's, it's 1670 single ply. Um, and there was a kid totaling 1800 pounds, 1800, 755, 430, six, six something. Anyway, he didn't get to break that record and he worked all four years of high school to get there. That's all he does is single ply. He doesn't compete in raw. He doesn't compete in football, nothing, just single ply. And he just wanted that record. He didn't get it. Um, I might even get mine taken away from me for all I know. Wait, why, you know? why, are, they, why are they taking away records? No, no, no. no. Okay. You, when you have to, when you break a record for THSPA, you have to do it at a state meet. You, you can't do it at a local meet. Oh. So when you go to the state meet, we didn't have a state meet. That's the problem. The kid did it locally. And okay. it, it, if you look at open powerlifting right now, he has the world record total for uh, a sub junior 181. But 
as far as the THSPA records, it's not there. It still says 1670 because he didn't do it at the statement. And I think he probably wanted that medal, you know, wanted that medal, that plaque. Uh, you can get it on your class ring, you know, and he didn't get oh, that. No, I mean, yeah. And this is this is my senior year. I might my if if COVID stays around, I might not get my powerlifting season, you know, or football, you know. This it's crazy. It, it definitely put a hold on a lot of athletic careers. I I especially feel bad for like like I used to wrestle. Um, I wrestled too. For uh, I mean, I I did powerlifting with wrestling, but um, the the athletic careers that got put on hold, especially wrestling, because like wrestling, oh my god, like you know, like all the cutting weight, all it's, the hard uh, work, all the practices, and like just beating someone in a match, you know, it feels good. And I I knew a lot of kids that were like um, they were in some some good in a good spot to place pretty damn high in like all the all the big tournaments, and it sucks that they mm-hmm. won't get a chance to do it. You know, it's. Oh yeah, my I was talking to my my weightlifting partner yesterday, and he's just like, I don't think we're gonna have wrestling at all. Like, I, I we really don't. He doesn't think he's gonna get any kind of wrestling because it's it's the most contact sport. You can get around football a little bit, wrestling. That's yeah, like it's literally like because like you get penalized if you're not attacking because mm-hmm. like you get like a like a like passive stalling, stall call, yeah, and like. There's no way you can socially distance in a, in a sport like that. Like six no. feet apart wrestling, that, that just sounds stupid. But <laughs> well, here's what I was thinking is imagine them spraying down our bars during powerlifting meets. <laughs> like those would be so slippery. I can't, I just, I don't know. No, my hands would slip out. Like, for example, for our school for football, they were making us spray down our bars. So deadlifting, I had to bring my straps. Um, squatting my hands i had to go way wider than i'm comfortable with but it's all right you know we'll get we'll get through it anyway let's circle back uh so when you started throughout this whole powerlifting journey what do you think it has done for you mentally and physically i probably wouldn't be me honestly everybody at school they know me for powerlifting they know me for um my instagram status as far as weightlifting um I don't think I'd be as far into metal as I am. Um, I listen to everything from the seventies to as heavy as you can find it. Uh, I think it, it really is one of my biggest personality traits. I think it made me who I am. I think it made me a strong person. Um, I think it really pulled me, it kept me sane through high school. I had something to do. A lot of people were doing other stuff. I, I got in the mix a couple of times, but, well, a lot of kids were getting in a lot more trouble. It it's it really saved me from a lot of trouble, honestly. And I think it it, may, it gave me discipline. Uh, it gave me almost like a purpose, you know, a reason to get up out of bed and and lift. You know, first thing I do when I wake up is eat, and then start adding numbers on a calculator. You know, what 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 can I hit this month? What can I hit six weeks from now? And it, it's what keeps me driving. It's what keeps me. It's what makes me want to really, honestly, grow up and mature because you can't get bigger numbers if you don't get older, you know? So For it gives sure. you a reason to want to grow up a little bit. Yeah. It definitely keeps it. it the sport definitely keeps you humble. It'll, if mm-hmm. you're not humble about it, it'll definitely humble you soon. You know? It's, oh man. Yeah. That's, that's what happened my sophomore year. I was very cocky in, in powerlifting. I wouldn't call it cocky. I was just, I wasn't humble and I bombed out. And ever since then I was like, respect <laughs> the way, you know? Respect yeah. The you definitely have to respect the way it's, it's just like, I mean, even the top athletes, you know, it's very hard to find mm-hmm. a top athlete in powerlifting that's like extremely cocky and arrogant about their numbers. 
just because uh-huh. based on the nature of the sport, it's just, it, it almost doesn't allow you to, to, to be that way. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's okay to be a, uh, like an aggressive power lifter, uh, a competitive power lifter. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what makes it kind of the sport, but then I think you also need to be friendly. You know, you need to talk to people, um, be nice. Like for example, in powerlifting, I remember there was times where it's as far as single ply, we have to wrap each other's knees. If there's no one to wrap you, a guy, a powerlifter would tap one of the powerlifters and be like, Hey, can you, can you wrap my knees? Yeah, let's, let's do it. And they do it right there. Two guys don't even know each other. Two guys, even in the same weight class, wrap each other's knees. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's what I like about the powerlifting community. So friendly, you know, mm-hmm. you could, you could like at a meet, no matter if you're deadlifting like hundred pounds or like 600 pounds, you start grinding they're going to start screaming up like they, they want to oh, see yeah. you lift that oh, weight. Yeah. They want to awesome. see you succeed. Yeah. It, it drives a lot of people to, to, to start powerlifting. Cause like, damn, the, the community is so supportive. And it, like, yeah. like I make a lot of friends, like just in the warm up area, you know, just talking to people, mm-hmm. just like, just being part of the sport is just, it's fun, you know? Yeah. Great way to get away from the stresses sometimes, you know, like, especially yeah. during like high school, like, uh, doing bad in school or something, you know, just take it out on the iron, just, you know. Oh yeah. That's, that's one of the biggest things. I think it started to become almost a little bit of a problem where I would let ever let purposely let stuff build up. Cause I knew I would be able to get in the weight room and, and take it out in there and I would actually use it. But over time it got to a point where I realized I was like, man, I am so angry. I just need to chill out a little bit before I go in the weight room, you know, Yeah. try and get it under control. But I don't know. It's just, yeah, it happens. But so during, so how long have you been powerlifting? Uh, I didn't start really powerlifting until my sophomore year, so probably t- almost two years. I, but I've I've always lifted. I started lifting in like eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. Started lifting in seventh grade, not hardcore. And then eighth grade, I was just competitive at bench, nothing else. And then my uh, sophomore year is when I got into my first powerlifting meet. So throughout this whole process of, you know, your football, your powerlifting, your wrestling, and just throughout your whole life, you know, who would you say has been like your big supporters? My parents, my dad has bought me, I've bent, I've bent bars and my dad has bought me new ones. He's bought me equipment. He's been to every powerlifting meet along with my mom. Um, my, if there's videos on my Instagram, if you go listen to them, you'll hear my parents just screaming up, like just in my room or something, you know? That's awesome. Um, yeah, they've 100% supported me at first. They were scared. They were like, that's, that's a lot of weight. That's not. And now my mom's like, up the weight some more, you know, like she gets all excited. It's awesome. Really? She always wants to watch my videos. My grandpa is a, he used to do powerlifting when he was younger, um, when he was in the army. And uh, he always asks me to send him videos, you know, stuff like that. Well, what about like uh, your, your peers, like your friends, any good friends and any yeah. fellow football players or something? I've got uh, a main football player I, I, I like to work out with. He's probably six, probably six one, six two. I don't know. I don't know his exact height, but he's about, he's about 235. And we started working out during powerlifting season. Uh, which was around March. Yeah, March. And uh, we can train, We trained all the way through it, and we still train. Like, he was supposed to come over today. Um, There's, you know, obviously this, and I didn't want him over here super late at night, you know. So 
other than that, though, we work out pretty much every chance we get. That's uh, he's very he's supporting. At first, there was a little bit of a competition, and now it's more of like we're trying to push each other to get better. You know. Okay. Well, is there a difference between having like a rivalry and being able to push each other, or is that just that just like you're you're like it just changed? You just try, like you used to just try to one up each other. Yeah, it used to be like that, and then uh, once he put on like thirty pounds over me, it was kind of uh, just more we're lifting the lift, you know. Okay, so you're seventeen, and usually a lot of kids um, our age, maybe they'll they're they usually start to get into fitness around this age. You know, they they're looking into it and. What would you tell the kids that are unsure about getting into powerlifting? What would you tell them? Get into it. Yeah. For sure, get into it. Um, don't think you know it all because you don't. Even I don't know it all. No one knows it all. Um, if you can't learn from somebody, then you're probably foolish. <laughs> um, stay, don't, even when you're not motivated, just still go in and, and make sure you get in the gym and get some work in. You know? Don't just like – you, I'm not feeling it today. You can't be a powerlifter some days. It's it's not a mentality. It's it's like a it's a lifestyle really. You got to live it. You can't only do it when you're motivated. It's it's got to be a discipline thing. Like you've got to write a program out for yourself, even if you don't know too much. Just learn the basics. Make yourself a little program. Once you get into you know probably a thousand pound club, start talking to some coaches or just some other powerlifters that will help program you. Yeah, um, for sure. I've had, for example, Damien, um, he's, he's, uh, helped me with my bench. Uh, I've helped him with his squat, um, back and forth on deadlift, but he's, he's helped me a lot. He, he keeps me motivated too. It's nice to see someone younger as strong as he is. It's crazy. Well, yeah, the powerlifting standard, right? Keeps getting mm-hmm. higher and higher with these. Oh guys. yeah. Well, it's 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 insane. You know, you seen that Jordan kid? I don't know his name. His full name, Jordan lifts. He's an eighty-three kg. He's fifteen years old. Squats five oh five. Deadlifts five seventy-five, and then benches like like two. I think he benches like three hundred. I don't remember. Damn, I haven't heard about this. It's I'll send I'll send you his Instagram. It, it's pretty crazy though. Like I remember when I started out, I was like pretty close to the top um as far as my age group i've only found a about two one i've only found one kid in the 205 kg class that that i can compete with and in the 83 kg class i'd say it's probably alex and there's a couple others but um it's it's crazy it's just these kids are getting stronger and stronger at younger ages yeah and you've only been in the sport for two years and and it's already like this crazy you know Mm -hmm. imagine in like another 10 years like Oh man, it's got, I know that powerlifting has tripled in the amount of participation as far as teenagers oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and people in like the past 10 years, since like 2009, they said it's gotten crazy. Like I remember the world record totals were like, they weren't even 2000 pounds for some of these classes. And now they're, we've got 181s totaling 2000 pounds, you know, it's crazy. 2,100 pounds actually. Yeah. Who's leading the way for 83s? Like John Hack? Yeah, it's or, John Hack. Russell Orhe. Uh, he's, he, I don't know. I think he's a, he, I don't think he's a junior anymore. He might still be a junior, but I know that for sure. John Hack, that dude is a dog. Benches like five sixty-five, squats like seven, low seven hundreds, and then deadlifts. He's, I think he's going to hit close to nine hundred pretty soon. It's insane, conventional. 
Uh, he pulled four, uh, 840 today. I mean, that's yeah, I saw that. He's, he's a beast. He's he's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I'd say he's probably at the top of the the 83 kg. Yeah, and you're trying to make it up to that top of the food chain in that weight class or, or 93 kilo weight class. Yeah, there's right now. There's a kid actually. Uh, he's he's in my grade. He's an 03 kid, 2003. Um, he's still 16. And he's he he walks around at about probably say 210 215, and I'm I'm about 195 right now, and he's got me he's got a 1520 total, and I've got a 1505, and uh, you know I've talked to him and we've agreed like you know friendliness obviously, but we're gonna we're gonna compete and get after it you know. For sure. So, anything you anything else you want to say before we close this out? Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, it was fun. My first podcast, uh, didn't know what to expect, but, uh, I had fun. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks for being on. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. That was episode 39 guys. Uh, peace out. Mm-hmm.